When the Green Bay Packers took Rashawn Gary in the 2019 NFL Draft with the 12th overall pick, that selection received scorn. It received outrage. It received plenty of good and not so good natured ribbing from opposing fans and fans inside the fan base. Packer fans did not love the pick. I did not love the pick. But after last season, Rashawn Gary has turned himself into a full-blown star pass rusher. The problem is the rest of the NFL has not caught up. Or is that a problem at all? Are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. I try not to get worked up over the offseason clickbait, but I'm going to get a little worked up. And and I'm going to do it with what I hope is a purpose. And that is to just bring a little bit more clarity on what has been a remarkable growth trajectory for Rashawn Gary. So Jeremy Fowler does these things every year where he surveys people around the league, coaches, executives, about the best players at various positions. And we often talk about them on the show, what um, Packers do and don't make the list. Well, they kicked off the list this offseason with pass rushers, with guys who play on the edge. Not on the list for Sean Gary. And <laughs> this just makes it so much better. I tweeted about it. How does he not get a single vote? Jeremy Fowler responds to the tweet and says, oh, he should have been on the receiving votes category, adding now. So... <laughs> let me get this straight he's so overlooked that even in the article that shows how overlooked he is he is overlooked editorially overlooked they forgot to put him in the article the nfl forgot to put him in the article by voting for him and then the people who put together the piece actually physically, literally forgot to include him. That tells you everything you need to know about where he stands in league circles. And part of this is a confirmation bias issue. There were plenty of people in the league that did not think Rashawn Gary was worth the pick that, that he was selected with. I was one of those people and I was wrong. And there are plenty of people in the media who didn't think he was worth the selection 
when the Packers took him, I was one of them, those people were wrong. He's become one of the best edge players in football. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. No, don't believe me? (laughs) Ask the numbers. Ask the tape. I can't show you the tape. Um, I can't show it to you on YouTube for uh, a lot of reasons, not the least of which are uh, I don't want to get sued by the NFL because they will do that. And if you're listening on audio, kind of hard to show you something. So let's do the numbers. And you heard last week, go back and listen to Ali Connolly, who we had on on Friday on our Summer Friday show, talk about Rashawn Gary and some of the tweaks they made that allow him to fully unlock his potential. I know he's working with Eddie McGilvra, uh, who works with Kenny Clark right now on on getting some some more secondary pass rush moves and just make him fully unstoppable. But let's let's go to the numbers. Last year, in Rashawn Gary's first season as a full time starter, he was the fourth highest graded edge player in the league last season among guys who took at least 500 snaps. 500 is about 50% of all snaps. So that we're talking about guys who played full seasons, who were full-time players. Sometimes part-time players can have nice numbers. They can be nicely graded, but there's a difference between doing it in 30% of snaps versus more. And this was the case, by the way, that we made for Rashawn Gary last year and the year before that. You go back to that 2020 season, Rashawn Gary outplayed Preston Smith at the end of that season and ended up getting into the starting lineup, pushing Preston Smith out of it. And that lit a fire under Preston Smith. He was outstanding last season too. Rashawn Gary, the fourth highest graded player. Okay. But pass rush is what really matters. We know he can defend the run. How is he as a pass rusher? The fifth highest graded pass rusher on the edge in football last season. Top five. Top five. And he's behind names that you would recognize. Names that you know. The Miles Garretts and TJ Watts and Nick Bosa's of the world. I do need to say he is that that overall grade. Fourth overall. Last year, Rashawn Gary had a better pro football focus grade than anyone named Bosa or Watt. Think about that for a second. And think about all of the wailing and gnashing of teeth about TJ Watt versus Kevin King. I understand. It'd be nice to have both of them. But Rashawn Gary graded in that range, even if you don't think he's a better player, TJ Watt has a bigger track record. So does Nick Bosa. So does Joey Bosa. So does JJ Watt, although we know JJ is not at that point in his career anymore. But we're talking about just the level that he played at last season. He played at an elite level last season. Okay, you don't like pro football focus grades. I get it. Mileage varies on the grades. I have my own issues with a lot of the grading. I think it's gotten better. And I think it is particularly useful on the margins. Guess what? Being top five is on the margins. If Pro Football Focus says you are a top five graded player with all of those snaps, and that is a huge sample size. If you're only playing 20, 30% of snaps, those grades can really be skewed because one or two plays that two people could see totally differently can skew the margins so much. But when you're playing... 700, 800 snaps, 
it becomes much harder. That, that margin of error shrinks down because now we have to be disagreeing on a huge number of plays, not a handful. Okay, but let, let, me, just, let me just say you don't like the grades. Okay, maybe you're one of those people, maybe you're not. But let's set it aside. Let's just talk about productivity. The sack numbers are not going to jump out at you. But the Packers have preached this, and I'm so glad they do. Pressure is production. Josh Norris, during the Jadavion Clowney 2014 draft, made this point over and over and over and over. Pressure is production. I wish we had good numbers around pressures. It's not like catches or rushing yards where we can all see it and we know it when we see it. Pressure is a little bit more nebulous. It's a little bit harder. I think if you're going to use um, one counting system, then you should use like use the Pro Football Focus numbers or use the Sports Info and Solutions numbers. Don't don't go back and forth. Take one group and use those numbers. Rashawn Gary was third in pressures last season. Third in total pressures last season. Second. In quarterback hits, that one's easier. Did you hit the quarterback? And the, one of the reasons I like hits is because given the rules, you can't hit the quarterback late. So it's not the case that you could say, okay, well, he's, he's getting there slow. No, if you're hitting the quarterback, if you're hitting the quarterback, there's a good chance you are affecting the quarterback as he's throwing the ball. Even if you didn't sack him, if you are able to make contact with him because of the way that these quarterbacks are protected now, if you're hitting a quarterback, you affected him for sure. Second in hits, third in hurries, and third in missed tackle percentage. So in a position to make a ton of plays, makes a ton of plays, and doesn't whiff on a ton of plays. This is an elite edge defender. He's 24 years old. This is why you bet on athleticism in the first round. It's why you take young players in the first round, why you bank on pedigree, number one overall prep recruit back in the day. This is why you bank on it. And he works his ass off. That's what you want. Mike Smith used to talk about this when he was the outside linebackers coach. Give me the talent and the mindset to want to get better and to want to work hard to get better and I can give you a player. That's what you have you have to trust your coaches. Draft and develop is a nice idea. If you don't have the coaches to pull it off, you don't have anything. If you don't if you don't get the players who have the mindset I want to get better every day, the, the guy was at OTAs when he didn't have to be. In there getting that work in when when everyone is gone. All the stars had taken off after mandatory minicamp. Rashawn Gary was out there working. You want a nice, a nice juicy defensive player of the year? Bet. Go find some odds and bet online if they have them up on what Rashawn Gary's defensive player of the year odds are. Because if this, if you think, as I do, that this Packers defense is going to be awesome. He's going to be one of the big reasons why he's going to put up double-digit sacks, and he has a very good chance to win that award. We've got more of the gambling talk in a second, and I'm going to explain why. Before we do, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You know that part of it. The coconut brownie chunk puff is here. My favorite Built Bar, the coconut brownie. 
is getting the puff treatment with the chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling, wipe your mouth, and listen. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein. Delicious. Delicious, delicious, delicious with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more readily. You've got the coconut, the rich brownie, the creamy marshmallow. Go to GetToBuilt.com and get your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs right now. Locks 15 will get you 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 at Built.com. So I was getting numbers from BetOnline. BetOnline has weekly gambling lines on every game the whole season. They don't have 17 and 18 because we don't know what games are going to be played, who's going to play, those kinds of things. And those obviously affect the lines. You can you can go bet on all these, I think, right now. The Packers' win total, depending on where you look, I've seen it at 10 and a half, 11. They are favored in every game. In every game, except two. In Tampa. In Buffalo. And the Buffalo game, AFC, doesn't doesn't even matter that much. And it's not just that they're favored in some of these games. They are heavy favorites in some of these games. Now, they're, they're favored in Minnesota week one. They're favored by 10 against the Bears at home in week two. Now, they're three and a half point dogs at Tampa in week three. That might be a good time if they get they get beat by Tampa to bet their their future numbers. I would I would go bet their win total right now. Go bet the, I'm I'm I might I might stop this recording and go bet it right now. I, I actually as soon as we get off of this, I plan to go bet their their Super Bowl future because you're getting them at longer odds than the Chargers right now, and LOL at that. The Packers are six point home favorites against the Patriots. Eight-point favorites in London against the Giants. 11-point favorites against the Jets. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites in D.C. for the Commanders, who I want to continue to call the Washington football team. Three-and-a-half-point road dogs to the Bills. They're eight-point road favorites against the Dolphins. Three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Cowboys. That was one where you might have a question. Six-point favorites at home against the Titans. They are one and a half point favorites in Philly for the Eagles. Now, maybe by the time that that game comes around, things are different, but guess what? The odds makers see that game right now as the Packers being a better team and on a neutral field by by a field goal, probably more. Now, home field is worth less and less now because we're seeing that the value of it is just lower. At home against the Rams, three-point favorites the Packers are. In Miami, this is the trap game I've been talking about for a long time. Two-point favorites in Miami. And by the way, the odds makers agree because I don't think they think the Packers and the Dolphins are separated by three and a half, four, four and a half points. I don't think they are. But that game is is a tricky one. Coming off the Rams game, you've got to finish the division, all that stuff. The Packers are 13-time favorites. Their win total is 11. 
I'm telling you, go bet that. But that's not really the point. I'm not super gambler guy on the show or anywhere, frankly. I know that there's a lot of questions. We talked about some of them on Monday. What's going to happen with the offense? And there are Packer fans who I think are, you know, some of them are unreasonably optimistic about what that offense is going to look like. The the people who do this for a living, <laughs> they think they think the Packers are a 13-type win team. 12, 13 wins, which means they're going to be in the mix for a first-round bye. And it might be that Tampa game might well be for the one seed. Because I think the NFC West is going to be tough enough to give the Rams some problems. The Rams schedule, the Packers schedule. That's the other thing. The Packers schedule is really nice. Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, not great teams. The NFC East is bad. And the NFC North is bad. So this all sets up really nicely for the Packers to have a season where their record is maybe not reflective of their quality of play, except that I think by the end of the season, this defense will have coalesced in a major way. And I think some of the pass catching stuff will have shaken out in a way that by the time we get to the playoffs, this looks like a team that can win legitimately win the Super Bowl. And and look, Tampa Bay, they're beatable. The Rams, they're beatable. All of these teams are beatable. Now, Buffalo... They're the most stacked team in the league, in my opinion. I think the Packers are right there in terms of talent. I think the Bucs, the Rams have, have taken a step back. I don't know what to expect from Allen Robinson. Um, their offensive line, I still have questions about. And, and their defense is very top-heavy. So that, that makes them vulnerable. And the Packers have a more talented defense, even if last year they didn't necessarily play to those numbers all the time. The Packers can... It was like 2014 when... I knew after the Seahawks beat them that they were, I didn't, th- well, I didn't know. I was pretty sure they weren't the best team. I thought Seattle was the best team. There was, they had some injuries early in the season. That, that was when Seattle always started slow and they turned it on at the end of the year. And that turned out to be right. I thought the Packers were going to backdoor into the number one overall seed, get that, that first round by and have home field throughout. They didn't. Um, if I recall correctly in that 2014 season, Part of it was because of that loss in week one. And yet, and I I don't mean that I don't bring this up to be mean or to be cruel. They outplayed the Seahawks for like 55 of those 60 minutes, maybe more 58 of those 60 minutes. In a one game sample, you just have to beat a team once. The 49ers were not a better team last year than the Green Bay Packers. But in a one-game sample, it was enough. So do I think the Packers will have the most complete team start to finish next year? No, I think they could, depending on if Sammy Watkins is healthy, depending on what they get from Christian Watson, depending on the health of guys like David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. I think this can be the most complete team and the most talented top-to-bottom team in the league, even, even with the questions about Devontae Adams and his loss. In the playoffs, those losses are magnified. You need to have guys who can go win. You hope by January, some of these guys, you know, Tunyon is back up to speed. Christian Watson steps up a little bit. Maybe you get Alan Lazard to step up a little bit. Randall Cobb stays healthy. Amari Rogers takes a little bit of a mini step. They find some things schematically 
to make Aaron Jones a matchup problem. It's the, 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 the template is there. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility that they can do that. You only need to do it once. That's why this team is a Super Bowl contender and, and you have Aaron Rodgers and they don't. I think that's part of the optimism with this team too is, well, they'll figure it out because they have Aaron Rodgers. You're damn right. They have Aaron Rodgers and these other teams don't. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFC for sure. And I think is certainly in the conversation to be the best quarterback in the league. The last two years, MVP, that says everything you need to know. I think he outplayed Patrick Mahomes last year. He outplayed Josh Allen last year. I'll I'll play those guys in 2020. So I don't know how you say he's not the best quarterback in the league. The other day, I I went through an elite level of quarterbacks. I left Josh Allen off the list. Did not mean to do that. That was not Josh Allen's shade. Please don't come at me. Bill's Mafia. Just an oversight on my part. Thinking about the guys that you you trade for Aaron Rodgers. Certainly, Josh Allen would be one of those guys where you would take Josh Allen. Long term. The optimism around this team, I don't, I don't see it narratively nationally. Now, that's fine. I, I don't think there's a lot of attention being paid to the NFC as a whole nationally. It's a lot about the AFC, the Bills, the Chiefs, the AFC West. It's the Chargers. It's Justin Herbert. It's the Ravens, their comeback. It's the Bengals. It's what happens in Dallas. It is, um, can the Rams, is this a sustainable model? It's Tom Brady's back. What's the situation there? There's these, um, you know, Philly. And we're going to get to September. And the Packers are going to go and win a bunch of football games. And it's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what this team does under Matt LaFleur every year. They go out and they win 13 games. It's just what they do. Now, what they have to change is what happens in January. This is not proof that they're going to be able to do that. But again, they've they've shown because they've lost to some teams that I thought they were better than. Certainly the 49ers last year. You can say matchup or whatever, but in the aggregate, the Packers were better than the 49ers. The regular season bore that out. You just have to be better in one game. And so for the Packers, your coaching needs to get a little bit better. Offensively, you need to have more answers. Special teams needs to be on lock. And if you can do that, like even if you just take special teams and make special teams better, you do nothing about the coaching. You do nothing about the roster. You don't add Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt and Jerron Reed. You don't bring back, well, you probably need to bring back Russell Douglas. Darnell Savage doesn't take a little mini jump. You don't get Jair Alexander back. This team was going to be really good, but those things all happened. And you hope that the special teams piece of this can happen. And it seems like, at least for the regular season, the odds makers think this team is going to be really, really good. Really, really good. And if they're going to be a 12-13 win team, again, they're they're favored 13 times in 15 games because they don't even have odds on week 16 or week 17 and week 18. This whole 18-week schedule was 17. It's just, it's too confusing. But if they're 13-time favorites, well, you look at the, the last two weeks of the season, it's the Vikings who are going to be out of the playoffs by then, and it's the Lions who are the Lions. It could end up being the case that the Packers are favored 15 times in 17 games. 
And, and that is with building in home field advantage. It's not just that they think the Packers are better on a neutral field. They're favored in Philly, a team that a lot of people are picking to win the AFC East. So I, I just, I think that bears repeating. It's a good reminder that this is a really, really good team. We should have high expectations for them. But it's also a potential opportunity to make some money because the win total does not reflect the way that Vegas itself, the odds makers themselves, seem to see this team. It is very interesting. Go make yourself some money on it. Before we finish up today's episode, let's talk about Locked On NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our national experts and insiders keep fans dialed in on the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. All right, we're going to be back on Friday, Summer Friday conversation. Uh, we've got more coming. Um, for those of you who are wondering and didn't see the, the note the other day in our Leap newsletter, we are on a brief hiatus for the rest of July coming back for training camp. Training camp opens July 26th, so uh, we will be back then. This show will continue. We will have shows. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on vacation in two weeks, but we will still have shows that week. If news breaks, um, I, I will potentially be around to get you know, craziness, but I think the craziness happened. Like Devontae Adams got traded. Unless they they swing some deal for Darren Waller. Not out of the question. I We're probably not going to have breaking news kinds of shows, but we will have shows talking about the Packers. I'm getting some interviews put together for those. So uh, we will have a fun time that week as well. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.